0: Uh, how you say, Well, I like this or I like that. And and I'm not sure Paul did any of that, but I tell you one thing they did do. They fellowshiped together and broke bread together, they got along, were of one mind and one accord. That's the most old-timey, old-fashioned thing that you and I can possibly do is to have fellowship one with another. That's what Paul's talking about here. He said, Listen, there's no little parts of the body that, all the parts have got to work together. So there is this working together. But you know why else this is important? It's because there's times that you need to lean on each other. In a few weeks, uh, we're going to California. I never would have dreamed, thought of anything about being in California. I mean, it's like the Beverly Hillbillies all over again. And I'm taking Rachel to see the Redwood National Forest. And they say that out there... In Northern California are the biggest trees, not just in the United States, but in the entire world. And so I've been researching them and trying to find out which parks to go to and which things to see. And I found out something real interesting about redwoods. Some of them are three, four, five hundred feet tall. But they say that redwoods have a comparatively small root system. That's weird, isn't it? Is that what you would have thought? Redwood trees have been there 2,000 years, but they've done it with just a small root system. How is that even possible? That don't make any sense to me. But they say the reason that it is is because they grow in groves, and their root systems intertwine. And so you can't hardly knock one redwood over unless you knock a whole section of redwoods over because they're all underneath the surface. They're all intertwined. On top of the surface there's big trees, they're individuals, but under the surface all of the roots are together uh, and they lean on one another. And when the storm comes and when the wind blows uh, through that root system that's under the ground, they lean on one another, they depend on one another. That's exactly what Paul's talking about here. Uh, Hey, the Sunday school teaching leans on the preaching. Uh, uh, The preaching leans on the choir singing. Uh, The choir singing leans on the tithe givers. Uh, And everybody leans on one of them. That's what makes the church strong uh, is underneath the surface. There has to be this inner network. And they lean on what Paul said. You got to have everybody. Got to have everybody. And so there is a socialization of talents. Let me give you this right here and I'm done. There's a seriousness of training. Look at verse 6. Look what Paul said. Having then differing gifts according to the grace that's given to us, whether we prophesy, let us prophesy according to the perpetuation of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Now that's an interesting phrase. Let us wait on our ministry. It sounds like Paul is saying to not get into a hurry, to take our time, Wait on it, put it off. But can I submit to you, there's another way to use the word wait. If you leave here tonight and you go to a, a restaurant, what is the person that brings you your tea? What's that called? It's a waiter. They wait on you, right? They wait on you. That means they attend to you. That means they see to it. If you need anything, they bring it to you. They, Paul said, if you're going to minister, he said, let us wait on our ministry." In other words, let's figure out how it is we could minister better. And let's attend to those needs and let's let's fulfill that. And so let's bring up what we need. That Where where the weights that? If we're going to prophesy, let's see what it is. If we're going to teach, let's see what it is uh, that we need to make our preaching better and our teaching better and our ministering better. Uh, Paul said, let's take it serious. Let's not fly by night. Let's get in there and do something and let's do it the right way. I uh, I don't know. Sometimes, did you know there's something always happening here? If you want to get in on a, if you want to get in on a ministry, we've got something going on all week long. Whether it's podcasts or Bible college or whether it's Ten Eight Ministry stuff or whether it's the the regular ministry of the church preaching and all that, there's something always going on. There's an opportunity to be involved. And you know what? I don't want to be high class, but I do want to be first class. So I want to make sure that whatever we do is done to, with all of our might, with all of our soul. And we give 110% to do it. it. Don't you think that's the way God's work ought to be done? I mean, we ought to go at it like this is, this is the, the most paramount and most important thing. That there is on the planet to do. You know why? Because this is the most paramount and important thing on the planet to do. It's the work of God. And so Paul said when you go to do the work of God, church, work together. Church, take it serious. Church, realize that you've got to give some attention to the work. Wait, like a waiting on a table. And then there's the associations of our work. Look at verse 8. I'm still talking to you about a transformed mind. Watch it. He that exhorteth on his exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Three things right there. He that exhorteth, make sure you exhort right. What does it mean to exhort? Well, let me give it to you in a, uh, in a Cliff Notes version. Boy, the Lord sure is good. Hadn't the Lord been good? That's exhortation. Trey, that was great singing tonight. Lord, thank God for it. You sung good, and that's a good song. You know what that is? That's exhortation. Paul said, make sure you get your exhortation down. There's plenty of time to cry, and there's plenty of time to be angry, and there's plenty of time to nitpick. But I'm telling you what Paul said. Paul said on the other side of the transformation are some Christians that's got joy in their heart. They got a song on their lips. They got exhortation and praise in their heart. They want to brag on God. And Paul said be serious when it comes to that business of exhortation. Then he said watch this. He said let him that give. And so Paul said on the other side of transformation is a different idea about what money is all about. Paul said when you get on the other side of transformation you're not worried about that so much. You just give. You give and you give and you give. Those that show mercy, let them show mercy. And so there's all of those things down through there that come with being on the other side of being transformed. But watch this. I'm right now done. Look at verses 9 through 10. There's the affection that's involved. Look at verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. What in the world does that mean? Well, the word dissimulation means unfeigned. In other words, nothing fake. That means I don't go to Brother Steve and say, Hallelujah, Brother Steve, I love you. Thank God for you. And then I go to somebody else and go, I don't know about that old Steve, I tell you what. He rubs me the wrong way, don't he? That's love with dissimulation. And so the Bible said, "Don't let, love, let, let your love be without dissimulation. In other words, don't let it be fake. Don't, make, don't let it be feigned. Don't let it be something you're just saying but you don't really mean. He said don't let love let love not be not with the simulation. But then look what he said. He says there in verse number 9, abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. In honor preferring one another. It almost seems like God was more interested in unity than anything else. Just love one another, kindly affection one another, preferring one another. Now I'm gonna tell you something. My sister has been my sister the biggest part of forty five years now. And at the right moments in time, I still want to smack her teeth out. I do. She knows how to push my buttons, how to get me riled faster than anybody else. But while I may want to fuss at her and while me and her may go at it, you better not jump on her or you'll have me to contend with. Because in the end, she's my sister and we're family. I'll just let that sink in. There may be times when I don't see eye to eye with people in this church and when you don't see eye to eye to me. And we may go at it and fuss, but there better not nobody else jump on you. Because in the end it's family. In the end it's family. Kindly affectioned. Families fight families feud. All of those different things. I can remember I don't think Miss will care at all for me to tell this the first time that they ever had me down at their house. They took me in there in the, in the uh, in that, where they had that table set. And you talk about putting out a spread. Miss Pansy's when Miss Pansy was alive and Karen and Judy and everybody was there. And I walked in there and sat down and that family began to interact. And when they did, they were just fussing. <laughs> fussing. And I thought to myself, I don't think these people like each other. <laughs> but what I found out was they liked each other just fine. That was just how they interacted with one another. They went on with each other. And it's just, it's just the banner of the family, back and forth. I miss Miss Pansy. She'd always, you never had to wonder, reckon what pansies are thinking? Always, She'd always tell you exactly what she thought about a situation. But you see, families do that sometimes. But in the end, underneath, there's a network where they lean on one another. Paul said, find some affection in your heart. Be kindly affection one to another, preferring one another. That's how we know that we've been transformed. Let me give you this thought and I'm going to be done. You know what mountain people are professionals at? They're professionals at holding a grudge. They're the best. They're unrivaled. Uh, You know why for years, for years now, you know why Yancey County voted Democrat and Mitchell County voted Republican? Because way back yonder in the Civil War, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Way back yonder in the Civil War, Mitchell County fought for the North and Yancey County fought for the South, and we never got over it. See what I'm saying? And that's the kind of thing that carries down generation after generation because mountain people are blessed. Goodness, I remember what they've done. Paul told me about them. And so that's our natural default. Paul said, be kindly affectioned one to another. So in order to do that, we've got to quit thinking like we used to think. We got to put behind what needs to go behind. In another place in Philippians, Paul said, "I press toward the mark. This I've not apprehended, but this one thing I do to put the past in the past," amen. Press toward the mark. Can I say to you tonight that that's exactly what we've got to do on the other side of transformation? Our minds change. We start having to think different. Because if we're not careful, how many of you are like me? What's right here between these ears runs away with me sometimes. And I think my way into a lot of trouble that I hadn't ought to think. So Paul said, just be careful about how you think. I'm preaching to me more than I'm preaching to anybody else in this building tonight. But maybe there's some other people that are like me that are like, oh, you're right, preacher. (laughs) Well, I think you're right. That's what's going on, right? And here's the problem. Because I'll leave here tonight, and I'll go home, and I'll sit down, and I'll think back through the service, and I'll think back through everybody I talked to today. And if I'm not careful, my mind will say, oh, so-and-so didn't speak to you. I'll think, well, that's right. Reckon, how come they didn't talk? And then the the old brain will go, it's because they don't like you. They didn't, they ain't spoke to you. People say the devil puts them thoughts in your mind. I don't even need the devil to do it. <laughs> it's the way my mind works. If I don't get on it and go, "Oh, wait a minute, mind, uh-uh," Amen. I'm not thinking that way. I know that's the way you want to think, but I'm not going to think like that. I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you do that to me. I'm not going to th- allow myself to think that way. That's the other side of transformation. We're not done. There's ten more verses. <laughs> The things Paul says will happen after you're transformed. Now we all agreed, or at least y'all shook your heads, when I started in this series that everybody in here would love to be transformed. We'd like to be better moms, better dads. We'd like to be better brothers, better sisters, better Sunday school teachers, better preachers, better whatever. We all agreed that. Well, here's the meat and potatoes of it. Here's Here's the other side of it. Here's what it looks like after you've been transformed. All of a sudden, you got a sweet disposition. You Get along with people. You love folks. Oh, you may disagree. You may fuss and fight, but underneath there's a network. Underneath it comes right down to it. We're all leaning on each other. I'll, I'm say this. I, I promise. I'm trying to hush, but they just there's a good preaching spirit in here tonight. Steve and Billy. They've been in a place where there's been a lot of wind lately in their lives. And you know what they need is they need that network. They lean on me. I can lean on them. When Rachel was so sick with COVID, Steve texted me every morning. And. Steve's one of them people. You know, some people text me, "How how's she doing?" Just keep praying, it's okay. But I was just blunt with Steve. Steve texts me, "How's she doing?" I like, I think she's dying. I don't know. I just, I, I'm I'm worried about her. And I remember saying one morning to him, I, I typed out and said, "Me and you are in a, uh, you and I are in a nightmare that seems like it ain't never gonna end." And I hit sin and I hadn't much more than walked back in the house. And boy, God really got to convict in my heart. And I thought to myself, there he is struggling with all he's struggling with. He don't need. He don't need my, all of my troubles and all of my problems. I, hadn't all, I said God convicted my heart, but I guess I was convicted in myself, my own mind. I thought he don't need all my troubles and all my problems. But you know, really what it is, it's just that network. He leans on me and I lean on him. And that's what makes everybody strong. Nobody fights alone. Now listen to me. There's no telling in this building right now who this this week may find out they got cancer. Nobody should have to stand in that alone. It's a network. Somebody could have a horrible accident. Nobody should have to stand in that alone. It should be a network below the ground. Leaning on one another. That's what Paul said. Kindly affection, preferring one another. Lean on each other. That's how we're strong. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You can go in that redwood forest literally with a bulldozer, Gary. I'm going to bring you back some pictures. It's a logger's dream. These places, Hey, oh yeah. They, you couldn't push him over with a bulldozer. You could not push those trees over with a bulldozer. I mean, they are I've just been seeing pictures. I can't wait to go look at them. But I mean, they're huge. But here's what I've been told, Gary. This is what I've been told. They said if you can expose that root system and take a saw and start cutting through them roots, that before long the tree will die and fall because it has to have that root system together. They depend on one another. That's how they got so big. That's (laughs) how they depend on one another. On the other side of transform, Brother David, it ought to be me leaning on you and you leaning on me, interwoven together. We may not see eye to eye, brother. There may be times when you do something I don't like, I do something you don't like. But underneath, if you need me, I'm there. If I need you, you're there. That's that interwoven, See? That's that underneath, below the surface. And that's what makes something really strong. I'll tell you, I didn't mean to preach this long tonight, but I believe God's helping us. Underneath the surface, there's this interwoven, these interwoven roots. And they make them great big trees, great big and strong. Paul said on the other side of transformation, get together, church. Love on one another. Our enemies aren't in this building. We're all intertwined. I'm doing some preaching tonight. We're all intertwined. We lean on one another, we depend on one another. Paul said there's no big eyes and little ears. Every piece is important. Every piece is important. Let's stand our feet. Father, Lord, we pray tonight in Jesus' name that you would. Put these truths in our heart. I pray God that you would help us to understand that every portion, every part of the uh, the people of God, everyone is important. Everybody has their place. Lord, help us to have that root system below, below the surface that we can lean on one another, and prefer one another, and love one another, and serve one another. God, I pray, Lord, that we'd take things seriously, that we'd wait on our prophesying, that we'd wait on our ministering, that we'd wait on our giving. Every part of that, Lord, down through there, I pray, God, we'd be transformed to the way we think about it. It's all about how we think about it. Lord, you're helping us through the word of God. I, I know you're, you've been helping me in these weeks, and I pray that you'd continue to do it. Bless us now as only you can, and we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Anybody got anything on your heart tonight? Are you glad you're saved?